Okay, I'm gonna count down from three twice, and we're gonna clap so we all so I can sync up the audio later. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. She's got to do it. (laughs) Did you do it? Did you clap? (laughs) Do it again. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. What a delight. Hannah Goldstein, we're so excited to have you with us today. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So you are currently in uh, Japan, and it's 10 in the morning. But before we get to that, Hannah, I haven't talked to to you since, I don't know, some year into college. And I maybe sent you an email at some point, and then it's just kind of been that weird connection through social media. But you have been – what have you been up to? So I went to Missouri State University – And I ended up changing my major like eight different times. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I ended with a degree in communications and then two minors in religious studies and dance. Um, What did you start with? I didn't know you minored in dance. Yeah, so I started as a dance major and I thought I wanted to be a math teacher because I took Uh a math class and I don't know, she told me I was good at it. Um, And then I kind of dropped that and then I thought anthropology. Anyway, I was kind of all over the place, but I like what I chose in the end. So, so when you graduated high school, what or college, what um, happened after that? Because then you went to Israel, or was there something that was there something in between that? No, so I I had to take summer classes since I had changed my degree so many times. I like needed a few more credit hours, and then right after that I moved to Israel in October. So I finished school in August and I just had two months Uh to kind of get ready. And um, after I'd come back from studying abroad, I knew that I wanted to move to Israel right away. Um, So I started like applying, you know, you have to apply to be a citizen and get all the papers and do all the bureaucracy stuff. Um, And I think like my parents didn't think I was serious. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna move to Israel. My mom's like, yeah, okay, Hannah, that's fun. Like whatever. Um, (laughs) So when I actually like had the plane ticket and everything, it was like, you know, she started to take it real. seriously. So you said, you said you always knew you were going to live in Israel. How did you like know that it was going to be there? Um, so when I studied abroad there, I just like fell in love with the city and the culture. And mm-hmm. I just felt very at home. You know, I mean, I'm Jewish. So there's that, you know, Israel's like the Jewish homeland. <laughs> so <and> there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like, I really liked it. And I was like, this, you know, I can make this work. Um, it's a big decision. Yeah. Yeah. Was the, it when you go on? Well, the plane ride over there, I just remember thinking, like, what am I doing? Like, I couldn't just like do something normal, like get a job, you know, like everyone else. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. How old were you at the time when you did that? Was that like, do you remember? Um, 22, right? Right okay. after college. Um, and then I, I was in a program right away where I was learning Hebrew and living on a kibbutz. So I met a lot of people there. Those were kind uh, of my what? first. Yeah, what? What is a kibbutz? So a kibbutz is, um, it's like a collective community in Israel. I guess you guys would call it commune. So traditionally they're um, based on agriculture. That's how they make most of their income. Um, It was just like when Israel was first starting, groups of people would get together and kind of work and, you know, try to make something and they worked for the better of, I don't know, of the community. So it's like a very community based Mm -hmm. and like, Nobody owned anything. Like if, I've heard stories, like if you got a shirt for your birthday, it was everyone's shirt. Like you shared it with your whole mm-hmm. class. 
So, mm -hmm. um, and the kibbutz that I lived on, so there's about 270 still in Israel. Um, most of them are privatized. So they're not like so communal anymore. They're more like right. neighborhoods. Everyone keeps their own income. But the one that I was on, it's called Kibbutz Suba. It's near Jerusalem. And it's not privatized. So basically what happens is um, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or you work in the laundry room or you're a chef. Like all the money goes into a big pot and then it's distributed evenly amongst everyone. So it's like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they still have a dining hall. Um, they still have a communal laundry. So like I had a number that I wrote on all my clothes and all the clothes get thrown in together and then put in little cubbies for the families and the people to pick up. Wow. Oh my God. And so you knew immediately when you moved there, you thought, I want to join the kibbutz. And I don't, you're like, I don't want to get a job. You're like, I want to be a part of this and how, see how this works. Yeah. And I was there on a program. So I wasn't a member or anything. I was there. Some kibbutzes offer like Hebrew learning programs. The government kind of pays the kibbutz, I think, some money to okay. host new citizens and help them learn Hebrew. Uh, it was important to me to learn Hebrew since I was going to yes. be, I was planning to stay there forever, you know, at the time. Yes. So, yeah. That is insane. Uh, go, oh, go, Allison. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I've been trying to learn the uh, thing you say at a bar about mitzvah, and I've gotten to Baruch Ata Adonai Aluhenu, this part, Melech <laughs> Halam, Asher, Kiddushanu. Help me. Kiddushanu, I always forget that. And then is this the Bar Mitzvah top? Yeah. And then I forget after that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm working on it. Okay, Aunt, now you go. No, so, uh, and then, so you're on this uh, kibbutz, and then where do you, and then, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you just like that word, Allie. Um, I like the word kibbutz. <laughs> but so then... Then you got into the Israeli army. Is that right? Or was there something yeah. in between there? And what was what was that transit? Like, where, how does that come into effect? Um, so all Israelis draft when they're 18. There's, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has to serve for, I mean, two years or more, depending on if you're a girl or boy. Um, so everybody drafts. Um, if you move to Israel after a certain age, you don't have to. And I made sure, yeah. like, double, triple check that, you know, when I moved to Israel, I wasn't going to be drafted. Like I had no interest at the mm -hmm. time. Um, and then I was on like a kibbutz program with people who all had degrees. It was like for more serious people trying to learn Hebrew. That's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. And all of these people were volunteering in the army. Um, and they were all my age. So I, I don't know, after talking to them for a few months, I just realized like, you know, like it can't hurt. Like, you know, if, if I'm trying to integrate into Israeli society, like, the army is a big right. part of culture. And like when you go to job interviews, mm -hmm. people ask you what you did in the army. I could always just explain, you know, I moved to Israel later, so I didn't have to draft. But um, I decided then that it would be a interesting experience. So I didn't actually realize at the time that like when you send in the application to volunteer, you're like, you know, if they accept you, you're like in the army. I was just thinking like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll apply, <laughs> like I'll see where they put me and then like I'll decide if I want to do it or not. And like that's not how it works at all. So I kind of sent in an application and then they basically sent me a date saying like, okay, you're, you know, here's your first meeting. Like, this is where we're going to find out where, where you'll be placed, you know, like come to this office on this day. And I was like, wait, no, like, <laughs> can I like talk to someone it's first? It's happening. So, yeah. So. Oh, so what did you do in the army? Um, I ended up being where I wanted to be, which was good. Um, I was in the English social media team. 
It's part of like okay. the spokesperson what? unit. Yeah. So I was doing like all the tweeting and the Instagram posts in English for the army, which was pretty no, cool. I didn't know that. That's really cool. That's very ideal. And utilizes your degree. Also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I wanted. <laughs> so that was fun. I was with a lot of other Americans, um, other people with degrees similar to mine. So it was a really interesting experience. So is there a lot of Americans who then um, migrate over to Israel and then join the army? Or like when you say you're with a lot of Americans, where exactly was that? Well, my unit, because it's like an English kind of unit. Okay, I see. I was, yes. That's where they happen to put a lot of Americans who draft. But it is a thing. Like a lot of Americans do come to join the army and then a lot of times go back to the States. It's called like like mm-hmm. you're a lone soldier. It's what the name they give you. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have family in Israel – you're a lone soldier, mm-hmm. you get all these benefits, like a month off to go home every year, and they give you an adopted right. family. Oh, wow. Yeah. That uh, what did your family say when you said you're going to join the Israeli army? My parents weren't happy, mostly because, mm-hmm. you know, I have some, like, health issues. They're like, what are you going to eat? Like, gluten-free? You know, mm-hmm. they were all worried about this kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but it's, I was on an open base after basic training. I was on a base where, like, you go home every night and go to sleep. So you can bring your own food. Uh-huh. You can go grocery shopping. It's like. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was easier than if I was on a closed base. You have to eat their food. What'd your dad think? Um, He, like, on our wall in the basement, he's got all these photos of me, like, with my, like, empty gun and basic training, you know. <laughs> like, he's, like, very proud of it. Um, uh-huh. you know. That's my daughter. Yeah. yeah. At any point, could you have been pulled if there was a war? Would you have to be on the front lines, or how does that work? I mean, technically, they can put you anywhere. So that's like something I started to realize. Like once you're in the <laughs> army, like that's like you know you have no control over anything until you get out. Oh my god! Like so, I was actually yeah. I was supposed to draft actually in March, and uh-huh. um, I had a flight home. For December before because uh-huh. I was like oh I'll go back visit my family before I draft and then I got like a new slip in the mail saying like actually your draft date has been moved to November like so I had to cancel my flight home um that was kind of shitty but yeah uh yeah you think yeah and like you know it's just I can't even imagine the life that I <laughs> the basic ass life uh-huh that I chose for myself. Oh, which I'm stop. Content. Oh, stop. I'm content for sure. <laughs> but like the the mentality of when I graduate, I'm going to move to a different country. Yeah. And then become a citizen and then draft in their army. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's the most outrageous, spontaneous. Yeah. But it sounds like very well thought out on your end. There's a lot there. That's There's a lot you have to have in your own person and mm-hmm. your character to be able to do something like that and i think it's really really cool i just can't even wrap my head around what making those decisions would be like yeah i think sometimes they're like pretty impulsive like i will wake up one day and be like you know what i'm just gonna apply to be in the army you know and then next thing yeah. you know you're like in and you don't really have a way yeah. out not that i wanted a way out. i kind of like that though i wish i was yeah. a little bit more like that it's a balance mm-hmm. you went and got a master's degree right yeah so every year in israel i kind of did no something different so i was like yeah. on the kibbutz for a year and then in the army 
and then I went and I worked in Tel Aviv for a year. Um, I'm still working okay. for this company part time remotely from okay. Japan. Um, and then yeah, I went to get my master's degree in nutrition. Um, okay. That sounds more up your alley when you that than the army. Well, from what, it all did. <laughs> all the different uh, majors she listed. It's yeah. all a different part of yeah. what make her a whole person. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah think. that's true. Yeah, but yeah, nutrition was always a big one. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll finally study it. I found the one program in the country that offered an English program. Like I speak Hebrew, okay. but not at an academic level. So right. I wanted an English program, and that was super cool. I didn't even realize it at the time. I figured it would be a bunch of Americans coming to study in Israel, but it was mostly African students who come on a scholarship. Um, So I met people from all over and they're just like brilliant. Wow, that's amazing. Uh Yeah, so that was- Are you still in contact with them now? Yeah, we have like like our- at least friends on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, we have our WhatsApp group. Everyone still wishes each other a happy birthday. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, that's the one thing about Israel. There's so many different people. Like I've met people from all over who've moved to Israel or who are studying there. Yeah. Yeah, how long was that program? And what did, what did you learn? I mean, what did you learn? Um, <laughs> the program was one year. <laughs> okay. It was like the worst year. I don't want to say the worst year. Why? I, like I was so stressed. Most of the people who I studied with had a bachelor degree in nutrition. They actually mm-hmm. didn't even accept me into the program at first. They said like, sorry, you're, you're not really qualified. Like you studied communications. Like you need a scientific mm-hmm. background. And I was like, listen, like this oh. is the only program in English. Like, like, you really need to accept me. Like, what can I do? Um, and they told me, like, if I took all these prerequisites and passed with, you know, 80% or higher, then I would qualify. So I had to take, like, biochemistry and molecular biology and kind of prove that I could take science classes. Um, molecular biology? Yeah. Well, you were always good at those with those classes, right, huh? That's yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're smart. I mean, you're smart. It's not like... I've always been a good student, I think. Like, once I decide to learn something, you know... I don't know. I just, I had a lot of tutors during the program. Uh-huh. Um, so it was really hard and I didn't really do anything else besides study, but it was worth it in the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm anxious to get to this Japan nonsense. Yes. Yeah. So how did you, how are you in Japan now? What, what was that? What was that leap? <laughs> and don't skirt over the significant other in your life either. Yeah. So when I was living in Tel Aviv, um, Josh, my significant other was one of my roommates. <laughs> um, we didn't date when we were roommates, but as soon as I moved out, we were still like hanging out and we, we started dating eventually. And I actually really who asked like, who out. So we were like unofficially dating. You know, we were going out, but like nothing. We weren't kissing or anything. And then like I walked him to the bus stop one night, and he was like asked if he could kiss me because he's all polite like that. <laughs> it was super cute. <laughs> and then I was just like, okay, so like, what are we doing? You know, I like don't really date. It's not my thing. I didn't date in high school. I didn't date in college. Like, I don't know. So we figured we would try the dating thing. Um, and I really thought like, you know, so he'll go to Japan and we'll break up and stay in touch and maybe after Japan. So his plan was always to go to Japan? So right before we started dating, all right, so he was a postdoc in Israel. He's not Jewish. Most people assume he's Jewish because he was in Israel, but- He's not Jewish? No, so he um, has his PhD in astrophysics and (laughs) in that field, you usually do two postdocs before you get a job. So his first... What's postdocs? 
postdoc. It's like a post doctorate degree. Um, oh, got it. Yeah, so it's just like a temporary <laughs> research position at a university. I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was in Israel for three years doing one of those. And then usually in his field, you do a second one. So he started applying before we started dating for other postdocs um, in the mm -hmm. States and also abroad. And then he decided, you know, I'll have one more adventure before settling down. So he chose the offer in Japan. And I was Where like, Where is he from? He's from South Bend, Indiana. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Midwest. I was friends with mostly Midwesterners, I realized, like in Israel. Really? You guys talk the same? You're like, so you uh -huh. all migrated toward, your, yeah, toward each other? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so now, so he's doing his last postdoc in Japan. Mm-hmm. And why did he pick Japan? Um, he hasn't spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, so he thought it would be just a cool opportunity, something different. Everybody spends time in Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> the position was also good. So they gave him like a good salary and a lot of travel money. And he likes to travel a right. lot for workshops and seminars. Okay. So what are you doing then? Um, so, so yeah, I came on a spousal visa. We got married in October. Josh and I. What? <laughs> so. First of all, they're not giving out tourist visas right now with COVID. Hold on. Nobody can see my face with my jaws on the floor. Was What? So we were talking over summer, like, okay, how, you know, I actually started to how? like him and I was like, you know. That, wait, 2020 summer? Yeah. Just the summer. Oh, wait, so when did you start? When was the bus stop deal? When did that happen? That was January 2020. So we've only been dating okay. like a year Wow. And then, Dating. so then, uh, okay. And then you got married in October so that you could do this. And then didn't tell anybody yeah. until it's breaking <laughs> on this podcast. Or you right told now. some people, but. Told yeah. some people. Yeah. Some yeah. people kind of figured it out because they're like, how are you even allowed to be in Japan? You know? Right. Oh. Because okay. you, if you get a tourist visa, you're only allowed in the country three months at a time. But right now they're not even okay. giving out tourist visas. And like. Oh. I wanted to like be with him, you know, whatever, love and all that. So, <laughs> uh, my husband, whatever, I wanted to be with him. What? Yeah. The hell? So we got married on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> what? The hell? You're a married woman. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, That's so cool. Okay, so how did you get, did you get, where did you get married? So when we were in St. Louis visiting, well, he met my parents. Um, oh, shut up. Were your parents there? No, so it, it had to be on Zoom because of COVID. So uh. It wasn't like we didn't do like the ceremony, you know, like eventually yeah. we'll do all that stuff. But it was just like me and Josh, the justice of the peace and like 30 mm -hmm. other couples on Zoom who also wanted uh -huh. to get married. <laughs> Did you record it? <laughs> we did actually. Josh was like holding his phone, like recording it the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, That's exciting. You're going to show your great grandkids that one great day grandkids. and say, this is when we had to be on Zoom because COVID was yeah. ravaging the world. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, congratulations. Wow. Yes. Big congrats. So oh you're, God, in you're in Japan. You got married before Allie. And you've 
<laughs> Everybody is. Allie's been engaged since 2018. Aww. Shut up. Oh, well, it'll, it'll happen. But it was my choice. It's fine. No, so what else are you doing, if anything? Um, so I just started a program. It's an intuitive eating certification. So when I was in getting my master's degree, you have to do like a final research project. And I was mentored with someone who uses intuitive eating with her clients. So she kind of introduced me to the idea and I found it to be extremely interesting and mm-hmm. relatable um, as I started reading more into it. So I would love to become a certified intuitive eating coach and kind of use that mm-hmm. with my nutrition degree and work with clients on like, you know, making peace with food and loving mm-hmm. their bodies and that kind of thing. So that's what I'm hoping to do in the next few months. And then, um, yeah, right now I'm building an Instagram page for like this new intuitive eating stuff. Plug it. What is it? What's the handle? What's the handle? It's holistic health and wellness. Holistic with the okay. W, like whole, whole body. You know. Oh, okay. Ah, that's your that's your social media background. So yeah. What does um, intuitive eating? mean just to listen to your body when it's hungry when it's full that kind of thing yeah it's kind of like that um so it's like it's a philosophy and a style of eating um and -hmm. it basically just says that we have the innate ability to know what our bodies need and to regulate our food intake without like counting calories and measuring food and things like this okay yeah um so a lot of people talk about how like when you're a baby you know you don't need to tell a baby how much food to eat they cry when they're hungry and they stop eating when they're full Um, even Mm. with animals, you know, you don't really see like animals in the wild. They're not like morbidly obese. They don't like keep, you know, they like eat as much (laughs) as they need. (laughs) I'm just, wait, I'm just imagining. I never thought about that. A fat. What did you picture? What animal did you picture? I picture like a bloated deer. (laughs) (laughs) I pictured a bird that can't fly up to a branch in a tree because it's so fat. It's funny that we both pictured something different. (laughs) Loaded deer. <laughs> yes. So okay. No, but that does no that that does make sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, make sense. and these people say like. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like as you grow up, you become immersed into society and like inevitably diet mm-hmm. culture, and you start to categorize foods as being good and bad, um, and mm-hmm. foods are used as a form of punishment and reward, and this kind of starts to create you know an unhealthy relationship with food. You know, where you're. Wait, can I ask you different? Um, health food or healthy eating lifestyle trends and you say if it's a good or a bad idea sure <laughs> um the juice cleanses um, i think they're bad intermittent fasting i think these things can help certain people but i think in general like any food rules aren't good to mm-hmm. follow like because if you're intermittent fasting i mean if you get hungry at midnight you should be able to have a snack not like oh i can't eat till 8 a.m you know mm-hmm. So anything that has food rules is like the opposite of intuitive eating. So what's what are the food? So you have been in these three different cities or countries, mm-hmm. and you know obviously Americans they always say that our moderations our portion sizes are out of control. Um, I've noticed that in Japan definitely. Mm-hmm. I think in Israel, um, it depends where you go. You know, a lot of things are Americanized these days, like. You know, mm-hmm. you can find McDonald's there and everything. Um, I think in general, the portion sizes are smaller. That's actually one okay. thing I missed about America. Like I went to the States and I got like a venti latte and it was mm-hmm. so big. And like, I all, that's all I wanted in Israel was a huge cup of coffee. And they give you like, uh-huh. you know, a normal uh-huh. size. One. 
a thimbleful. <laughs> Wait, so they don't even have that as a size option, or it's just a? It's called the same thing. It's just very small. Yeah, it's just smaller. Like they have a venti. They don't even um, have Starbucks in Israel, but here they do, and like it's a smaller cup. Really? Oh, that's bizarre. Is it the same menu or no? It's um, different. It's different. I've only been like once. It just stresses me out to order. <laughs> like no one understands really? me. Yeah. Like latte. Yeah. What's the next thing you want to do? Do you want to stay there for a super long time? Do you want to move somewhere else? What's the um, I mean, we talked about, you know, like, I think it's going to more depend on Josh's job because he wants to, it's mm-hmm. like a very particular field and he wants to be a professor somewhere. So he has to see what faculty jobs are available once this postdoc has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I want to go back to Israel or the States. You know, it's. I think it's. It's an easier life in America. It's easier to raise a family and make a good living. Mm-hmm. Um, the bureaucracy mm-hmm. is less annoying. But I do love Israel. We, you know, talked about. I think Josh prefers to be back in the states. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's what we're gonna do. No other jumps to like, like New Zealand or. <laughs> so we talked about. I mean, there's this university in Italy that has a. Oh my god. Program. <laughs> You're starting to piss me for, off. <laughs> i've like i think i don't know i think eventually like i want to settle down like when you start having kids and stuff not that we're having kids anytime soon it's hard to move them I, from country to ask. country mm-hmm. yeah so i'm guessing we'll end up in the states okay jeez yeah this, this is, is like the last hurrah <laughs> and how long will you be in japan i forgot was that um it's a three-year position but usually with um, your second postdoc, you can start applying uh-huh. for jobs after a year because they know that, like, you know, uh-huh. your end goal is a job. So if a cool position opens in a university that he likes, he might apply for it next year. So we might be leaving so, sooner. Well, Hannah, but. this was so wonderful. I think thank you so much for joining and talking to us. I just that was so refreshing. I'm so excited to I have learned so much. <laughs> no, I, I just I love, you know, I uh I'm blown away. I'm usually at, at I'm usually not away. at a we loss for words, but so insignificant. This planet is huge. Mm-hmm. You're doing all kinds of stuff. Is there anything else that we didn't ask you about that you wanted to plug or make people aware of? Any causes you care about or th- you said your Instagram handle is uh holistic, holistic underscore health underscore mm-hmm. and underscore wellness yeah we'll, holistic w-h-o-l-i-s-t-i-c we'll put that yeah. in the bio i already see you got we'll a bunch of really it's cool all the anti-diet intuitive eating if you're interested yeah. and that's something i'm really passionate about right yeah, now so it. that's like my life that's all i read about okay <laughs> that's cool yeah yeah that's awesome but yeah no i think that's it you know I okay. Know. I don't I feel like I'm doing anything that interesting. I'm just like. I know. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? You know better, Hannah. Come on. You know better. This is another been... city. I... Yeah. Frickin oh nice. yeah. It's not just another yeah. city. It's Get not Nashville. <laughs> it's not like you know, I'm in. De- I'm in Des Moines now. 
<laughs> Nothing wrong with those places. I've never been, so I'm no, not judging. But you know, the it's, distance it's not from m- here to Des Moines yeah. and here to Tokyo is a little. Well, that's what I'm different. saying. It's you know people. Yes. So to like move states yeah. is even a big deal, but countries. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tremendous. This is wonderful. Well, yeah, it's awesome. thank you so much again, and congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. Uh, that's so yeah. special, and uh, God damn it, time is just flying. So, Al, I think that's all I got. Hannah, that's all I got. All right, thanks, guys. that was really nice uh to talk with hannah goldstein you know i haven't spoken to her since uh, i guess college maybe I, I think i sent her an email and then we kind of followed up but then that you know went to the wayside yeah life happens i reached out to her after we recorded um as now you know she lives uh-huh. in japan and it's cherry blossom season right now and long story short when my grandpa was stationed there in the war as a doctor long time ago like my dad was born in japan that's how long ago it was uh his favorite time of season there was cherry blossom season Mm -hmm. and his good friend that he met there a japanese man and they were supposed to be rivals and they ended up being best friends sent him when he moved back home to the united states sent him a bunch of cherry blossom leaves and every time he tells a story he cries and his birthday's coming up so I asked Hannah if she would send me an envelope of cherry blossom leaves and I'm gonna bring it to my grandpa when I go visit next month you're kidding me how cute is is that that is really special and she said yes oh she's all about it she (laughs) said her her and her husband are already trying it's weird saying husband her and her husband are already like I researched and we can ship through FedEx, but it's going to take longer because it's by boat and we can, and it's going to be this much. And are you sure you don't want more? How big of a box do you want? Like uh-huh. she's all about it. She's oh, that's really the freaking best. And there's quite, it's quite possible that when I get them, they're going to not be anything, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the thought that counts. And that's what I said. Yeah. I'm sure your grandfather will love it. I think so. My dad thought it was a stupid idea, but I really? said, yeah. "I said too bad. I'm doing it anyway. It's, it's just too convenient. It's cherry blossom season. She lives there. Yeah. She's willing to send it, and I'm seeing my grandpa next month." I bet it, once your dad's that old, and somebody sends him a box or like set of old planes or something, he'll get a little <laughs> bit teared up. <laughs> box of old planes. <laughs> I don't know. Her dad works at Boeing. I don't know if we could say that. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, that's confidential. He's in the CIA. I'm telling you he is. <laughs> no, Maybe but... He's really good at keeping secrets. Um, but your grandfather, I mean, think about that. Something that can really take you back to a time and place. That's really special. And, yeah. and she's living it. She's living it. But now you guys will kind of have that connection together. So now when you think about the cherry blossoms as you grow older, it'll be a connection that you guys have together. Yeah, because it's something that's special to him, then it's special mm-hmm. to me. And then she gave me, she was like, well, some of them are probably already stepped on, but I don't want to take them off of the trees. So we got to mm-hmm. be careful with blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I love how into it you are yeah. with this. Yeah. But like, I'm like, please don't take it too seriously. Don't go out of your way. I didn't know how right. far away you lived, all this stuff. But she is And, and that it. speaks to her as a person, very kind and yeah. generous. Um, yeah. Yeah. But another element that kind of stuck out to me was, you know, you brought up about 
uh, you know, how you're not as spontaneous as yeah. like she is or other people, you know, but I thought you later, I was thinking you could be spontaneous in your own, you know, environment that you're in currently. So I guess say you're not without just, moving to Japan. Yeah. You don't have to move to Japan, but you say, oh, Jesse, let's go to Nashville tomorrow. And then it's just yeah. kind of like a quick trip. You know, those kind of things. Yeah. I, I think it would be healthy for me to make more impulse decisions instead of overthinking everything yeah. and then not doing it because it, I end up thinking too much about it, you know? I get that. Where she's like, oh, he has to live in Japan. I'm going to go with him. Want to get married? All right, let's do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she wants. Yeah. But she's married. Wasn't that? That's crazy. <laughs> That was so funny because she was just so nonchalant about it. I mean, I guess she that's goes, what... oh, yeah. So we got married. I was like, do people know this? She's like, not really. And then yeah. she shortly after put it on social media. If you notice that. Oh, I didn't see. That. We didn't want to, like, break the news on the podcast. So she yeah. like recorded. We yeah. knew first. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, that was a so lot of fun. fun. Yeah, it was. I, I think we should check in with her in a couple months or a year and be like hey follow up where, yeah where are you now <laughs> i think that's good she's probably in another continent probably yeah that's all i got samesies all right everybody with that be kind be well and go plan a trip <laughs>